Okay, so we're in lesson eight. We're looking at the issue of fasting today. Now, let's go through some basic truths here. Let me get my little pointer thing here. Again, we're talking about components that will help you in your relationship. We're not talking about things that you need to do as a religious exercise for what you've got to do as far as Christian life. So we're going to talk about fasting. So let's, let's, take, let's take a look at a couple thoughts concerning fasting, first of all. Number one, the Bible assumes an understanding of fasting. You may be shocked by that because a lot of you here are going to say, fasting, what in the world's that? I mean, I kind of understand that a little bit, but it's never really been a part of my Christian life. In fact, for most of you, you probably have never fasted. Except, of course, if you're going in for a medical procedure and they tell you to quit eating 12 or whatever hours beforehand. And some of you guys, you know, when, when they do the colon thing, you know, you, you know what a fast is as far as the medical fast. But for most of us, we have no understanding of what fasting is, especially when it comes to fasting that's mentioned in the Bible. Because here's the reason why. Because the Bible assumes that you and I know what fasting is. Now the problem is, up until about a hundred years ago, most people had an understanding of fasting. But especially here in the last 50 years, with our affluence and with our culture, that's kind of been lost to us, what, what fasting is. So we're going to talk about that today. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Most Western Christians have no understanding of fasting. Most Western Christians have no understanding of fasting. So what do I mean by Western Christian? Well, first of all, I'm talking about North America and Europe. Most of us have no understanding of fasting. Now, the closest concept that maybe somebody has of fasting is if you're from a Catholic background, you understand Lent. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, you understand the ashes, and you see people walking around on Ash Wednesday with with their ashes on their head. And so, the, and then you hear people they'll they'll talk, especially in our community, because we have a large Catholic population in our community. You'll hear, and it'll be coming up here soon. You'll hear people talking about what they what what they gave up for Lent. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, I gave up fasting for Lent. Okay. You know, so, I mean, you're saying, so, it's a, it's a big thing, so, but most of us don't have any concept of fasting. What does it mean? The closest thing we can come to is the whole issue of Lent. Now, here's what I want you to see. Fasting is the most feared and misunderstood practice in the Bible. Fasting is the most feared and misunderstood practice in the Bible. So immediately, when you hear someone say to you, or like as a church, and we've done this here before, a couple years ago we called people to fasting, immediately you're like, what's he asking me to do? What have I got to give up? And immediately you've got all these thoughts going through your mind, like, 40 days without food, that's terrible. I can't even, like, there's no way I could do that. And so you've got all these thoughts that are running through your mind, 
fears and misunderstandings. So let's talk about them. First of all, many fear that fasting will turn them into a religious freak. What's that going to do to me if I, I don't want to be seen like some religious nut in the community? So immediately you start thinking in terms of that it's going to turn you into some kind of religious freak. That's a legitimate fear that people have as far as why they don't want to fast. Is they're afraid that it's going to make them into some kind of religious freak because when you look at people, here's what we do. Our, most of our what we understand and know does not come from the Bible but comes from TV. So when you think of somebody who's fasting, you're thinking in terms of some religious zealot who's either from Islam or some other Eastern religion that you have seen on TV, on the National Geographic show or something, or the History Channel. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so you're afraid that when the church calls you to fast, or when Jesus calls you to fast, that I'm going to become a mindless religious freak. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I mean, those are thoughts... You may, you may not express those out loud to too many people, but those are thoughts that you have within your heart. Now, many believe it will produce needless suffering in our lives. The reason why many of us don't even want to consider fasting is because we know that fasting, in its truest form, is abstaining from food. So, we immediately assume that, well, there's no way I could do that. So some of you will say rightfully, you know, there's no way I can fast, George. I'm a diabetic. And so, because in your mind, if I fast, that's going to affect me health-wise. It's just going to produce needless suffering in my life. Some of you have tried to fast before, and you realized that you couldn't even go 12 hours with your body reacting to whatever it is that you abstain from. Okay? Your body reacting to whatever it is that you've abstained from. So, in your mind, you're thinking that fasting is just going to produce needless suffering on your part. Now, the reason why you think it's needless is because you don't understand what fasting is. And the reason why you think you're going to suffer, again, is because you don't understand what fasting is. So many believe that it will produce needless suffering in their lives. Now, here's, here's one. Many think that fasting is as unthinkable as shaving their head or walking on hot coals. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's, it's for the, quote, super spiritual. And it's for those who are really wrapped up in religious things and and, and, and again, our concept of what somebody who is really religious is, is what we see on TV, and it's somebody who shaves their head, or somebody who walks on hot coals. So, again, we, we think in terms of that with fasting. So, here's the reality. There is an absence of teaching on fasting. The reason why people have these fears that are unfounded and really crazy about what fasting is, is because there is an absence of teaching on fasting. So let me just ask, let me just kind of take a poll here. We have a lot of people here who know Jesus, 
who've been in church a long time. How many of you have ever heard a sermon where fasting was pointed out to you? Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. That's pretty good. How many of you, it was one, you've only heard one sermon? How many of you heard two sermons? Okay. Three sermons. So, I mean, you think about all over your life, maybe only one sermon. Okay. Where you were told how to fast and what fasting was. Now, just so you remember, realize, yeah, I was kind of shocked at how many raised their hand, but actually most of you have not. Most of you have not heard a sermon. I, you know, I've been a believer now 26 years, going on 27 years. I've had some classes where it was discussed, and I've read books where I was required to read it in my theological training. But as far as a message, I haven't heard anything about it. Heard people talk about it. Heard pastors say that they have fast. Heard pastors calling us to fast. But nobody said how to fast. Nobody said what the purpose was for fasting. In fact, it wasn't really even, I, even my doing this study to prepare myself for this lesson, I had some things corrected in my mind about fasting. So, the reality is, is that there is an absence of fasting. It might be mentioned every once in a while, but for the most part, most of us are what? Ignorant about fasting. So, let, let's, let's have an honest poll here. If you were to say, your concept of understanding of fasting, how many of you would say, I'm pretty pretty much ignorant about what fasting is? You want to raise your hand? Okay, most of us here. Most of us are pretty ignorant about what fasting is. So here's, here's why we're pretty ignorant about it. Our self-indulgent lives make the concept of fasting meaningless. You realize... As Westerners, we are pretty much self-indulgent. If we want something, we what? We get it. We buy it. We don't really like going without. And the concept of fasting is to go without. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, have you ever tried to like give up something on your own because you're like going to say, okay, I'm going to go a whole month without Sheets Coffee. How hard was that? Okay, I'll, I'll make it bring it home a little bit. I'm going to go a whole month without a cheeseburger from McDonald's. That's hard. Especially when I meet people at McDonald's, and as soon as you walk into the parking lot, what do you smell? I mean, the exhaust coming out of the building is beef. Did you understand what I'm saying? Please don't tell me that, Steve. We will edit that out of the tape, okay? Okay. Or some other beef byproduct. Yes, that's right, okay? You know, the reality is, is our self-indulgent mindset makes fasting meaningless. Okay, what is fasting? That's our next section here. Let me give you a definition of what fasting is. Fasting is a voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. In its truest definition, fasting is abstaining from food for 
spiritual purposes. Now, everybody here says, okay, I knew that. Yeah, I got that. In a broader sense, though, fasting in a broader sense is the denial of a normal function for spiritual purposes. So let me just stop for a moment. When we talk about fasting, in its truest sense, it means fasting from food. But in a broader sense, it may be fasting from a normal function. So, for instance, when we fasted as a church, some folks here chose to fast from, are you ready for this one? TV for a period of time. They chose to not watch TV for a period, and, and, and rather chose to read the Word of God during that time. So, it could be food that you abstain from, or it could be some other function. Maybe for some of you it might be fasting from a hobby. Or, 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 or TV or something like that. So, in a true sense, it's fasting from food, but in another sense, it could be fasting from another function. So, let me just stop for a moment. For the person who's fearful and says, I can't fast because I'm a diabetic. Yeah, you can't abstain from food, but does that mean you can't fast? No. Because you could fast from something else for a period of time. Do you understand what I'm saying? It may be TV. It may be something else. So, fasting in a broader sense is fasting from a normal function. Now, I gave you some scriptures there. Matthew 18, verse 2 through 4. Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in his midst, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, Unless you are converted and become like a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, the reason why this scripture was given here is to tell you that fasting is, in its sense, a form of humbling. I am humbling myself. I am saying, yeah, I have a right to this, but I'm choosing not to have the right to this. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm giving up my right in whatever area. So if it's food, I'm giving up my right to what? Food. If it's TV, I'm giving up my right to TV this, this month. So, now there are several types of fast in the Bible. So first of all, let me just kind of explain to you. Immediately when we think of fasting, we think in terms of 40 days without what? Food and water, like Jesus. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to find out a little bit more about that as we go through the types of fast. So first of all, a normal fast is abstaining from food, not water. All right, so I want everybody to understand, when we talk about fasting, a normal fast is you abstaining from food, not water. So don't sit there and say, well, I'm going to try and fast. So no food and water. That is not the teaching in the Scripture. A normal fast is abstaining from food, but you still have water. Why? Because your body needs water. You can't go but a few days without water. Do you realize that? In fact, there is no way for you to fast 40 days without water. You will die. So the Bible is talking about abstaining from food for a period of time, not from water. So that's a normal fast. A partial fast is limiting the diet 
but not abstaining from all food. Now, for instance, if you look, I gave you a reference there, Daniel 10, verse 2 through 3. In Daniel 10, chapter 10, Daniel is shown a vision that he is wanting to know what it means. So he, look at what it says there, verse 2. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning a full, th- full, th- a full three weeks, three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no wine, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till the three whole weeks were fulfilled. This is what they call a partial fast. Did he eat? Yes. But he also didn't eat. What didn't he eat? He didn't eat pleasant food. Now, what does that mean, pleasant food? Well, I'll be honest with you. He didn't eat enjoyable food. Okay? Now, you in your life, you have foods that you find quite enjoyable, right? You also have foods in your life that you don't find enjoyable, right? Now, how many of you remember as a kid sitting down and being told to eat a certain food and having to stay there till it was eaten? How many of you remember that? Why didn't you eat it? Yeah, it was yucky. You didn't enjoy it. You know, in my home, what they did was is, it was usually beans for me, green beans. And my mom was German, so it always had a butter sauce with it, okay? And I, I, I don't like vegetables anyhow, okay? And with my mom, what she would do is, is they would say, all right, you just go to your bed. No TV tonight. And you'd think, oh, I don't have to eat this. And then in the morning, they take it out of the fridge and put it back in front of you for breakfast. It's better warm than cold. So everybody understands what pleasant food is. So here's what Daniel did. When he had a partial fast, he abstained from enjoyable foods and from meat and wine. That was a part of his diet. So he ate unpleasant food. So it's not that he didn't eat anything. He abstained from what was enjoyable. Do you understand? The enjoyable parts of his meal. That's what you call a partial fast. And he did that for for a full three weeks. So again, let me just stop for a moment. When we talk about fasting, a lot of us have this concept in our mind that it means no nothing for a a whole period. No, no. You can do like Daniel. Abstain from a component of your meal that you find enjoyable for spiritual purposes. Do you understand? That's called a partial fast. Let's go on. An absolute fast is abstaining from all food and water. Very rarely do you find that in the Bible, but it is there. And let me just go ahead and tell you right now, that is not for a long period of time. Because you cannot survive. You will die. Do you understand what I'm saying? You will do serious damage to your body. Alright? So, there are very few instances in the Bible where you see an absolute fast. Which brings me to the next point here about a supernatural fast. When you see an absolute fast in the Bible, it is almost always correlated with a supernatural fast. Now, what's a supernatural fast? A supernatural fast is God enabling a person to fast for a prolonged period of time. So when you see Moses on Mount Sinai, and he's fasting for 40 days without food and water, how is he able to do that? God is enabling him to do that. You understand? When you see Jesus fasting in the wilderness for 40 days, how is, he, how is Jesus able to do that? 
God is enabling him, him to do that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I'm, let me just stop for a moment. Don't try to see if God's going to enable you for 40 days in your fast. We will do your funeral. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? God doesn't call us to those kind of fasts. Those are special times, special periods when pe- people have been called to that because they've been enabled supernaturally to do that. Now here's what a private fast is. A private fast is fasting in a way not to be noticed by others. In fact, this is what Jesus advocates when he says to you, when you fast, take care of your outward appearance so that nobody knows that you're fasting. See, here's the thing. Hypocrites want people to know, I'm fasting. I'm spiritual. You understand what I'm saying? Hypocrites, what they do is, is they want to show everybody that I'm spiritual. And so, I wish I could go with you to McDonald's, but I am fasting from cheeseburgers this month. And you're supposed to go, oh, wow. He's spiritual. Do you understand? Jesus said, if you're going to fast, don't let anybody know you're fasting. Say, hey, George, let's go to McDonald's. Yeah. Okay. I'll go and get the bacon ranch salad then. Okay. Do you see what I'm saying? Nobody knows that I'm fasting from burgers that month. Do you see what I'm saying? Let me explain to you. In fact, probably about three summers ago, I think it was... What year was that? 2008. 2008, what a lot of you didn't know was, is I was on a fast for the whole summer. I gave up something out of my life because I was seeking direction from God that summer. None of you knew it. Why? It ain't none of your business. Number one, it's between me and God. Number two, it's a private fast. And number three, I was fasting from an item that most, most of you wouldn't even know that I was fasting from or wouldn't even pay attention from or you would say something like this. Oh, you're working on the weight thing, huh, George? Yeah. Do, do you see what I'm saying? But it's a private fast. So you, when you fast, it's not something you wear on your sleeve. I'm fasting this week. Jesus tells us not to. Private fast is between you and God. Okay? Private fast is between you and God. Now, there is another type of fast, and it's a congregational fast, where the church fasts together. So every once in a while, we did this a couple of years ago, we were seeing some significant things. We wanted God to do something in our church. And I believe, can I be honest with you, what we see happening today in our church came out of what happened two and a half years ago. Where we chose to fast together. God, do what you want to do in our church. And we, we called our church to fast for 30 days. And we called we, it was a Daniel fast, a partial fast. And some of you said, oh, I can't give up food, so some people gave up TV. Some people gave up other things. And that was a fast. So that's where the church comes together and fasts. So those are the types of fasts that we see here. Now, here's the expectation, though. The expectation that we see in the Bible is this. Jesus expects us to fast. Remember I told you the Bible assumes that we understand what fasting is. So with that assumption is an expectation. And I want you to look with me at Matthew 6, 16 through 17. 
Here's what Jesus says. Moreover, I want you to hit the, put your focus on these three words. When you fast. So what's Jesus expecting from us? He's expecting that you're going to what? Fast. It, notice the word isn't, the, the way it's written isn't, if you fast. Because if you fast gives you a way out of it, does it not? It gives you a concept of, well, you know, I could choose this or not. No, no. When he says when you fast, there's an expectation upon G- from Jesus that you are going to what? Fast. In fact, remember, the Pharisees came to him in the Gospels, and they said, the, Pharisee, the Pharisees and the disciples of John asked Jesus this question, about the whole issue of fasting. And it was with regards to the disciples. And they said, how come the disciples of John and our disciples fast, but your disciples aren't fasting at all? Remember that question they asked him? And here's what Jesus' response is. Why should they fast when the bridegroom is with them? They will fast when the bridegroom, what? Is away. Do you see what I'm saying? So the issue is, in fact, some pastors take it to mean, some theologians take it to mean, that while Jesus is gone, we should be fasting for what? His what? Return. So there's an expectation that you should be fasting. Now let's stop for a moment. If I operate out of ignorance, immediately I'm going to be like, Oh, Jesus wants me to suffer. Jesus wants me to come across like some religious kind of freak. Because what? We operate more out of our fears and misunderstandings than we do out of knowledge. And the reality is, is that he's not asking you to give up everything for 40 days. He's really talking about you abstaining, in a general sense, for spiritual purposes. So let's talk about that a little bit more. So we look at the expectation there. Let's look... This is where we're going to spend the rest of our time. What is the purpose of fasting? And then I'm going to give you some general instructions to kind of help you know. First of all, as with anything that we've been talking about with regards to the Christian life, okay, fasting, the purpose of fasting is not to gain God's favor. You are not going to fast so that God accepts you. Remember that? I've already told you that before. You are not going to fast so that God accepts you because you already know or should know what? That God accepts you, period, because of who? Jesus. So when I'm fasting, and a lot of times in the Gospels especially, prayer and fasting are connected When I'm fasting, it's not like, oh, Jesus, take a look at me, I'm fasting. I'm not fasting so that he hears what I'm about to pray about. Do you understand? I'm not fasting in that sense. Really what I'm doing is is I'm fasting for another spiritual purpose. Not for his acceptance, but for another reason. Because I already know that he accepts me. Okay? So I'm fasting for another reason. Not to gain his favor. So again, as with everything in the Christian life, I am not doing this so that God accepts me. He already accepts me. Here's what fasting does. Fasting strengthens our prayer life. So let's say you do fast. 
Let's say you're giving up something. You're giving up a meal or whatever. Some people will fast a meal. And what they do during that meal time is rather than focusing on eating, they focus on what? Praying. So what fasting can do is it will strengthen your prayer life as you spend that time in prayer. Also, it causes you to rely more on God in prayer. Because have you ever noticed this? Have you ever, for those of you who have fasted, I've noticed this. You know, I could typically go without a meal and not even notice it. Okay? How many of you have been like that? You had to miss a meal because of work or whatever. You don't even notice it. Now, here's what happens, though. I've noticed this with me. That the moment I decide to give up a meal for fasting, guess what I'm missing? That meal. For some reason, i got to have that meal. Now, two days ago, I didn't need that meal when I was working and too busy. But today, when I decide that I'm going to fast, guess what I'm missing? I mean, it's like my body is saying, you need this food. Why are you giving it up? Here's what you notice with fasting. You realize real quick when you fast who's in control. You say, what do you mean who's in control? Because when you fast, you realize real quick how much your body is in control. And how much your mind is in control. Because immediately you begin to say, are you sure you want to go without that? Are you sure? Are you sure? Those are the mental games that go on in your mind. Okay? So, fasting strengthens our prayer life. Here's, here's why we should fast. We should fast to discern the will of God. Remember I told you, back in 2008, I fasted from May until August, really seeking God's will, to know what God's will was in my life. What did he want me to do? That was a turning point, actually. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't realize it at the time, but I went away to a conference in August, and I felt God say to me, you need to do this. Now, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't paying attention. I didn't realize it until later, that he was specifically talking to me about something. Because I was seeking an answer in another direction. Okay? So, fasting, we fast to discern the will of God. Here's one that I think we all understand, but fasting is an expression of grief. Some of us know this because we naturally fast. So, like, when you have a traumatic event happen in your life, how many of you have ever been this, and someone will say to you, well, let's get something to eat. I'm not hungry right now. How many of you have expressed that when you've had a traumatic event? That's a natural tendency of your body is to fast as a what? An expression of grief. Okay? So fasting is an expression of grief. Here's the other one. Fasting seeks deliverance or protection. Let's say you're in a very tough situation. And you are very much wanting to fast that, number one, that God protects you or delivers you out of a situation. you understand? Your purpose for fasting is that you want God to deliver you or protect you out of a situation, okay? From your enemies or out of a circumstance. Here's another one. Fasting expresses repentance and a return to God. So over and over in the Bible, when you see people repenting, you'll see them, they'll say that they're that they will fast and sack, excuse me, they'll repent in sackcloth and ashes, but also with that you'll see oftentimes that they will fast. They will abstain from whatever they want, 
as an expression of what? That they're repentant or that they're returning to God. So fasting is an expression of repentance. Fasting humbles oneself before God. Fasting humbles oneself before God. So when I fast, I'm humbling myself because what am I doing? I am basically saying that I'm not going to allow myself to be in control anymore. I'm going to be, allow you to be in control, God. And, and excuse me, when you fast, you'll realize that. You'll realize how much you're in control. Because your body is going to wreak havoc on your mind. You need this. Why are you giving this up? You know, and have any of you ever fasted like a day fast? And so you gave up. You, you, after the meal on one evening, you said, I'm going to fast until the next evening meal. And then, okay, it's like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And you know, I've only got three more hours left of my fast. So here's the mind game your, your, your mind will play on you. It's okay now. You can go ahead and take something to eat. Because you gave up breakfast and lunch. It's only 3 o'clock. So you know, sometimes, sometimes you have an early supper. You'd be surprised. Your mind will do that. Why? Because your body wants to be in control. And when you fast, you are humbling yourself by not letting your body be in control. Do you understand? All right, let's go on. There's one final component here. Fasting expresses concern for the work of God. So I'm going to fast for... That's why when we, when we fast as a church, we're expressing concern for the work of God. Okay. You're saying, okay, okay, George, you've told me all these reasons, and I see a foundation. Well, how do I fast? Well, let me tell you what you don't do. First of all, don't decide to fast for 40 days. You want to write this one down. Number one, don't say, okay, I see it. I need to fast. Jesus expects me to fast. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to fast for 40 days. No, don't even try that. Start off small. Number two, start off small. What do you mean start off small? Well, fast, if you're going to start off, if you're going to do a 40 day fast, start off small. Abstain from one item for 40 days. Okay? Or, if you're going to abstain from food, abstain for a day. Do it like most people in the ancient culture did, and that is, the, you know, in the in the Hebrew New Te- in the Hebrew scriptures, the day began in the evening. The evening and the morning were the day. So after your evening meal, decide I'm going to abstain from food until the next meal. Try it only one day. Don't say I'm going to do it 40 days. Try it only one day. Those of you who can't do it health wise, abstain from something for a day. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? But you start off small. Don't try to tackle the whole works for 40 days. When you come off a fast for a long period of time, there are books that are written, they'll tell you, eat healthy, don't immediately go back to your cheeseburger regimen. Because that will affect your heart. Because I, you know, a lot of people, you know, if you fast for 40 days without food and you immediately go back to, that affects things. You're going to lose weight, you're going to lose muscle, and then what happens is immediately you go back into it 
and you go back into your normal eating regimen, your body can't handle that. Okay, and so you're going to do damage to your body. So you start off small. You start off one day. Maybe abstain from an item. But a begin to make fasting a component of your spiritual life. Because, number one, I'm either seeking protection, I'm seeking God's will. You know what I'm saying? There are different components of why you fast. Again, it's not for manipulation. Oh, God, I'm fasting, so I need you to answer this. No, you you can't manipulate God. He already accepts you. But it is is just a component of where you're seeking God's wisdom and will in a life. And he will answer you. He answers me. You understand? There will probably come a time again when we as a church, if we sense, the leadership senses, that we need to fast as a church, that we will call you to a fast. We'll say, you know what, for the next 30 days, we're going to call the church to fasting. Now you're going to be a little bit more aware of what that means, right? For some of you, you may decide to give up food. For some of you, it may be something else. For some of you, you're going to say, it's going to be like Daniel. I'm going to give up what's pleasant and eat broccoli from here on out. For 40 days. Not forever. Yeah, not for. And Daniel only did it three weeks. Did you notice that? Three weeks, that's only 21 days. That's not even a full 40. That's a lot of broccoli, yeah. Ah, that was unpleasant for me. All right, let's close our time in prayer. Coffee's back, and we'll get ready for the morning worship service.